Peace and blessings, good people. Welcome to another edition of Insightful Discussion. This is your host, Dwayne Bryant, delivering a very, very important topic today. All right, so let me dive right into it. All right, uh, for those of you who may know, I am in school for, well, in school to be a school psychologist. And it, a lot of my friends, you know, they get confused about, you know, what a school psychologist is, you know, um, typically confused with a psychiatrist, a school counselor, anything related to school psychology, well, to psychology, but not necessarily school psychology. So to basically explain, you know, what a school psychologist is and what we do, a school psychologist uh, is uniquely trained and it's a qualified member of a school team and it supports students ability to learn and teachers ability to teach. Um, we generally have an expertise in mental health issues, you know, learning behavioral issues, and we really uh, engage with students to succeed academically, socially, behaviorally, and emotionally. So, we're a well-rounded professional that, you know, tries to deliver a comprehensive plan or compre comprehensive strategies to improve the quality of life of a student. And since it is school psychologists, we generally work with uh, school age children. So anywhere from K through 12, um, from the more practical sense, that's the body of people that we work with. But also, you know, if you're getting it's different levels to, you know, being um, getting the degree, the mm, excuse me, can't talk today, but the is different levels to the degree level. So if you're a master's or a specialist, you are generally you, you're you're in the practice. You work, you know, in different locations, whether that be um, a school based site or a community based site or, you know, behavioral health clinic, some of those type of sites. But if you hold a doctoral degree uh, in school psychology, you can work on the academic level. So you can be a professor. You can, um, you know, be a person who actually teaches and train new um, school psychologists who are trying to enter the field. And those are the main differences. And you actually, I mean, you can be a professor and still, you know, practice at a district. I think it's, it's regulations to that. Um, don't quite know the exact rec um, regulations. So I don't want to quote them here. It's a certain amount of mileage you have to work um, between the district and for private practice, things of that nature. But I'll address that later on once I get into, you know, all the nooks and crannies of the degree itself. But yeah. So even in explaining that, it's still kind of confusing to some people. Like I know if I explain it to, you know, my parents or people back in my hometown, uh, most people don't know the difference. If you're a psychologist, you're a psychologist. You're, you're trying to talk out someone's problems. And in a sense, we are trained to do that. You know, we are trained to, you know, make uh, data-based decisions. So, you know, we look at research to make our decisions on what interventions we may use, you know, what assessments are appropriate for the particular student or even a particular population and we make sure that that whatever decision we make is supported and it's grounded in some type of research and that's really important because you want to make sure that you're not doing harm 
to the student that you're working with or even the body of people that you're working with. And um, another important thing, you know, for me and what I like to highlight about what we do at school psychologists is uh, uh, consultation and collaboration. Me personally, since I'm interested in like technology and social media, it's big for me to, you know, work with educators on all levels to see how we can engage students in the most in the modern sense, right? Engage them in how they actually, you know, socialize, but tap into that social behavior and turn it into, you know, a opportunity to teach them, make it a learning moment, use what they already do to basically drive them to learn and enhance their quality of education. But I don't want to get too deep into that. That's just, just what I'm passionate about. But those were two of the 10 domains, you know, the training practices that school psychologists undergo. And these practices were outlined by the National Association of School Psychologists. And these are basically the standards that we go by. And just to list them, just for clarity, um, as I've already mentioned, the database decision making, you know, and accountability and consultation and collaboration, uh, interventions and instructional support to develop academic skills, interventions and mental health services to develop social and life skills, school-wide practices to promote learning, uh, preventative and responsive services, family to school collaboration, collaboration services, uh, diversity in development and learning, research and program evaluation. Now, finally, legal, ethical, and professional practices. So, those are basically the 10 domains. So in a training program, um, we all are exposed to different aspects of these domains and uh, all of our coursework will be related to getting some type of knowledge base of these domains. Because uh, what me and a lot of my classmates learned that when while we, we do have a practicum and an internship and to explain the differences real quick between those, uh, a practicum is basically a baby internship you're um, guided into the practice or the workforce of a school psychologist by having practicum sites. Now, the work gradually increases over the years um, leading up until your internship. So now your internship, you're basically practicing as a full school psychologist with supervision. And you have uh, basically a full caseload from what I've been told. Uh, I'll know more about that next year as I'm walking that path. But um, back to training, you basically expose all these domains. So by the time in which you do get to internship, you've basically been exposed to uh, some aspect of these 10 domains and that builds up your training. So, you know, if you were getting a master's or a specialist degree, um, you would undergo two to three years of coursework and practicum training, um, gaining knowledge on these different domains. Now, if you're on a specialist level, the difference between a specialist level uh, degree and a master's degree is that, you know, you if you're in a master's degree, you just finish the two years of the program. And during those two years, you get the core uh, basic aspects of a school psychologist. Now, a specialist, you you go through those same two years of coursework, but you also undergo a full year uh, internship and where you have to clock over 1200 hours like that's a minimum 
Um, definitely encouraged to get more um, under a supervised like well, yeah, supervision under a licensed psychologist or a certified school psychologist. That's always preferred. So, you, you know, you can get that applied training and you can get that training from someone who actually is specialized in the area that you're majoring in. So that's always important. And of course, as you go beyond the uh, the specialist level, you know, you get to the doctoral level. Generally, you spend four years with um, academic coursework. And during that time, you get the core of it. And then in most cases, we take counseling electives. We uh, choose some type of subspecialty and focus in on what particular area that we may be uh, more interested in. And then we still have to, you know, get those practicum hours as well as the full year internship. And it's basically designed for you to get at least half of your internship hours at a school based site. Now, since we are training to be school psychologists, we want to make sure that we are trained in a school setting to work with a, that specific population. I mean, that's basically a specialty with the overarching specialty. I guess you can categorize it like that. Yeah. In a nutshell, those are the different variations of the degree levels and the responsibilities of meeting those requirements. Well, yeah, I, and I can't say, you know, just me going through a program, I understand why um, you take certain classes and the reason why they're, they're so important to your overall development as a as a psychologist, because they all hit and touch on different aspects where in the moment it may not make sense. But during that fourth year, I feel like everything just comes together. All right. Great. So now that you know, basically, you know what a school psychologist is and the different levels or the different degree levels of a school psychologist. uh, Let me kind of get into, you know, the functions and what, the role of a school psychologist is, you know, a uh, school psychologist, you know, they engage in a wide variety of activities and primarily the function in, in a lot of locations or a lot of sites that you see school psychologists perform are assessments, consultations, and interventions. And these are all important because these are the, the main three activities that, uh, school psychologists will perform at your school. So in our training, we were, we basically take a lot of classes rooted around assessments, consultation, and interventions. And as a school psychologist, you know how you must possess the knowledge to properly administer an assessment. For once, before you even administer it, <laughs> you have to uh, choose it. And knowing how to choose the proper assessment to test for whatever issue you're trying to solve or resolve that's important you must know if the assessment is culturally sound if it's valid for like i said what you're testing for the age group and in a few podcasts later i'll definitely outline certain assessments that test for certain things but uh yeah that's the process that's that's why assessments are so important it's really the bulk of what we do uh Two would be consultation. And like I said, this is something near and dear to me because, you know, working as a team is very important in a school setting because the success of a child or student is not predicated on one person's 
job. It's, as we, some of us may have heard, you know, it takes a village. So if we work with uh, teachers and parents and whoever is involved in a child's life to ensure that they have the best opportunities to learn and be the best student they can be, then overall the goal is accomplished. So that's a, how to properly engage people and knowing who to speak with regarding the child is important. And, you know, learning about that whole process is definitely um, something that has to be developed. It's, it, you would think that it's natural, you know, to talk to people and, hey, this is what, this is the issue that the students presented with. But it's, when you get into the professional level, you will know that everybody is an expert on something. And you have to, you know, respect boundaries and, you know, know how to properly talk to people about, you know, the job that they're performing. Because what you don't want to do is, you know, you know, consult with a teacher and basically tell the teacher that, oh, you're not performing your job right. When they have, you know, gained education to teach, they have a degree, they have a teaching license, just like you have a license as a psychologist or a professional. So always keeping it professional and um, using those positive strategies. Now, lastly, uh, interventions. Uh, interventions can be tricky. I know um, in most cases, some people don't fully understand you know, what an intervention is, but uh, basically it's, it's a broad way of using a variety of techniques to address problem areas for a particular student. And, you know, you, you may engage directly or indirectly. And you can even do an intervention in a group setting or an event or individual setting. Um, even throughout this process, you're still working with a team of people. So even having proper tools to engage with people is still important. And all these concepts generally build upon each other. So having a broad base and understanding of them are highly important. Now, if you have you know been exposed to these type of services before, or you know you, you had someone to pull you to the side and give you a test when you were in primary school, that may have been a school psychologist. If you have you know a younger sibling or even a child that's experiencing difficulty in school, a school psychologist is probably going to give them services. So. You know, next time you uh, encounter this, look up school psychologists. Well, I wish I could spend, you know, a little bit more time with you guys explaining what a school psychologist is. I gave you, you know, some good definitions and some good information. So if you have any more questions, please feel free to use uh, my best friend, Google, <laughs> because whenever I get in trouble, Google definitely helps me out. But. If you want to get, you know, more in depth with what um, a school psychologist is and the role that they do, you know, you can go to NASPonline.org. And that's basically the website for the National Association of School Psychologists. And I do you one better. Just Google National Association of School Psychologists. And that link will probably take you to a page where it gives you way more resources than I'm able to give you. But that's my time. I appreciate you all for listening. Uh, please comment, share, let me know um, some other stuff you want to hear.
Like I said, this platform is about insightful discussions, insightful topics, hot topics, psychology related topics, anything that involves thinking. So until next time, peace.